By noon tomorrow, the region will know if San Diego County falls into the dreaded purple tier. Much of the sudden rise in COVID-19 cases is attributed to San Diego State University, which now has more than 800 known infections. Now UC San Diego is beginning its reopening, and despite the differences in reputation between the two schools, there's fear that these new college students will cause another spike. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Gary Robbins, you cover higher education for the San Diego Union-Tribune, and you've been covering the outbreak at San Diego State University and also the different strategies that these two schools have been having. Let's start with some context. What has UC San Diego been doing to plan for students to come back? Explain their strategy. Well, it involves several things. One of it is mandatory testing. So um, San Diego State did not have mandatory testing when it opened up. It only put that in place uh, late last week. UC San Diego is starting from the get-go. So when you arrive at the dormitory, you're tested. You don't go anywhere before you're tested. And you usually have your results between 12 hours to 24 hours. At San Diego State, it'll take a couple of days. Um, people began to move into the dorms on Saturday. Uh, it was astonishing how different the experience was than a year ago. At uh, UCSD, they're um, you know phasing uh, people into the dorms over a period of more than a week. Uh, when I was there Saturday, there were plenty of parking spaces for people to pull up and let people off. Last year, it was like a mob scene. It was like they were giving away free food. <laughs> there was just so many people. Uh, the other things they're doing are they are testing the wastewater at the various buildings for the, the signs of the virus. So the, the virus is a very telltale thing. If you look in the water of one particular building, you might get a signature saying, yeah, there's something in here. And so you should test everybody who's been in this building. In one of the uh, test uh, drills that they did at UC San Diego, they actually found the virus over at Revell College and they tested 700 people and they tracked it down very rapidly to two people. So that's a sign where technology may play a significant role. Now, test, the wastewater testing has been done at other universities across the United States and they've been pretty successful. But at the same time, many of those schools still had large numbers uh, of um, students testing positive. The other thing that UC San Diego doing is they're allowing you to download a new app uh, on your cell phone. And that app is supposed to tell you whether you have come into contact with someone else who has the virus. They, don't, they do not identify who, what they're essentially saying is that the Bluetooth technology in the cell phone uh, will tell you if it's pinged off of someone else who has reported to health authorities that they have in fact tested positive. It remains to be seen how well that'll happen. You know, you're gonna have to have buy-in from the public there are concerns about privacy. The university says it is private, but that's an issue that may spook a lot of people. So they have those three technology things and, and a, a pretty good battle plan. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it comes down to student behavior. At San Diego State, early on, they did not lean on students and get out in the street and every place and say, put on a mask, put on a mask. They didn't patrol the nighttime parties and most of the problems were after dark. Um, UC San Diego says it's going to do that uh, we'll have to see what's happening. You know, one of the interesting things here is UC San Diego does not have a party reputation. San Diego State does, but UC San Diego says our kids are no different than their kids. They're going to want to party too. On the screen behind me, you, you know, you could see a, a message. That's the Reddit forum at UC San Diego. And students are on there right now saying, you know, when can I go out and socialize? You know, I had my test. And people are reminding them, don't do that until you get your results back. 
and then even if they come back, um, uh, you know, negative, still don't do it. Um, so there is a more of a serious tone that I've noticed at um, UC San Diego and I noticed at San Diego State. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of factors going into that. You know, that these students are seeing what happens at San Diego State University. You're seeing what's happening across the country. Obviously, no one wants to be locked in their dorms for however long, which that's a possibility. So I think one of the advantages of coming in later than other universities is the chance that students may take it more seriously. But, uh, you know, as an area young person, they still party too, have partied with both <laughs> SDSU and UCSD students. Uh, so, you know, UCSD has a real advantage here. They opened for classes on September 28th. Most universities started in mid-August or late August, or right there around Labor Day. Labor Day. So UC San Diego has had an opportunity to see what has gone wrong elsewhere, and it has gone very bad across the United States. And I think that these students that are coming in now are seeing all this really bad publicity about them. They're talking nationally about um, uh, students being bad neighbors and being um, you know, really irresponsible. Um, so we'll see whether that's sinking in with them. I think it's sinking in with their parents. Mm -hmm. Certainly. You need uh, all the forces you can get. But let's understand kind of the scene from a 10,000 feet view. Like proportionally, how many students are coming into campus? Like how cramped is it going to be compared to normal? Can you kind of compare and contrast what SDSU looks like with students on campus compared to what UCSD will look like? Yeah, it's going to be a very different scene. So last fall, UC San Diego had roughly 39,000 uh, students. And there were times when you'd be at an, at an intersection on that campus, you would have thought you were in New York City. Um, San Diego State has 35,000, but more of those students are commu com uh, commuters, and their campus is a lot smaller physically. So uh, UC San Diego is huge, but even though it is, with all those students, it was really crowded. This fall, it'll have about 38,000, maybe about 1,000 fewer. but the number of people in dorms will be much, much smaller. So they'll have about 11,000 in dorms. Last year, they had nearly 15. They have capacity for 17. So yeah, it'll be quieter. And most of the people that are on campus in dorms will be taking most of their classes online. Almost no one will be taking classes in a building. So like we said about a week ago, it's this ironic situation where you pay to go live on campus and you look out the window at the building you otherwise would be taking your class in if there wasn't a pandemic. And uh, have you heard anything from UC San Diego about how they plan to really enforce these rules? Because as you described in the beginning, it sounds that SDSU was kind of laissez-faire until recently. Is UC San Diego planning on being much harder in the beginning? So this is one area where I have a bit of concern. I had a long talk at the end of last week with Chip Schooley. He's a really renowned um, medical professor there who's also involved in their so-called return to land program. And Chip uh, really acknowledged how much they had done technologically and their planning and the testing. And it, it is all really, really good stuff. But in the end, I was talking to him about human behavior. Do you really feel like you're ready to, you know, kind of go like this? And he mentioned that they have uh, so-called health ambassadors. And I saw them on the street. You know, there are students wearing yellow t-shirts and Supposedly, they're supposed to tell other students to wear a mask if they're not. You know, during the day, I don't think that's going to matter, matter a whole lot. You're outdoors on a really large campus. What it comes down to is whether students will really practice safe, um, you know, safe behavior when they're in the dorms after 5 p.m. at night. And some of these dorms are very, very large. So it remains to be seen whether UC San Diego is really going to lean in on these students and really pressure them from the very, very first day 
um, to obey the rules. You know, other universities had great plans as well. The University of Illinois is one of um, USD, UC San Diego's peer institutions, and they were testing like crazy on campus, and they got a lot of good data, but they didn't do enough to deal with human behavior, and they had more than a thousand infections. So. UC San Diego's seen what's gone wrong nationally. Now we're going to see whether they applied it right. Mm-hmm. And is there any strategy for students that live off campus? Because that was a big problem in the college area. Yeah, there doesn't appear to be. I got some uh, emails of concern about that in the last 24 hours where people said, well, wait a minute. Okay, so you're going to really control it hard on campus. But what are you going to do um, near campus? For example, uh, La Jolla, there are a lot of students living in and around La Jolla in Pacific Beach and Sorrento Valley, places like that, and where they crowd into houses. So no one's really watching over them. And at San Diego State University, everybody there knows about the well-known college area, which is, you know, you see San Diego, San Diego State keeps trying to make it sound like it's Narnia, that it exists in some other far land, when in fact it's across Montezuma Road from the, from the university. And college, um, uh, college area has a reputation for partying that goes back 50 years. Um, so they haven't solved that problem. Um, I'm not sure how well they're going to control off-campus problems, but we do know that at San Diego State, during the early going, San Diego State didn't make a good effort at all. I was in those neighborhoods at night. I didn't see campus police. I didn't see city police. I didn't see ambassadors of any kind. I saw kids who had just come back to campus on hot weekends with a lot of energy to burn partying without masks and standing in each other's faces. Yeah. And it's worth noting as much as, you know, these are examples of irresponsibility. It's the exact same thing that regular non-college aid San Diegans did in the beginning of the outbreak. A lot of those outbreaks were tied to gatherings indoors, even before we were allowed to dine outside. So, you know, consider that as well. Everyone's, you know, tempted to do something they're not supposed to during these times. And there's something else we need to be concerned about. Here we are in like, um, mid-September, we're getting starting into late September. Flu season is not far away. I talked to Paul Sisson, our health reporter this morning, and I said, when does the flu really settle in in our county? And he said, it's usually somewhere in December, mid-December. So we're two, two and a half months away from that. Um, So maybe these schools get into toward uh, Thanksgiving, they've done okay. Uh, But then the students have to leave some of the universities and come back. And then you're, you know, they're in session for a good part of December, at least the first week, 10 days. In the past, it's been even longer with some of these universities. Uh, and then they go back and they're trying to figure out when when is the right time to bring people back. So we could have a situation where, say, San Diego State gets it under control and maybe UC San Diego doesn't have a big outbreak. But then it goes through the fall and kids are really pent up in the dorms. And maybe they go off and blow off steam on the weekends or when they go back home for the holidays, uh, when there's nobody to really you know, evaluate their behavior beyond their own families. So the flu season is gonna be one of those things that's gonna bring about probably more infections, given what scientists are saying based on what we know now. There doesn't appear to be any chance that we're going to have a vaccine, say before Thanksgiving. You know, There was some hope late October, early uh, November, but based on what Jonathan, the other reporter and I are finding, that's just not plausible. It's not going to widely roll out across the United States by then. Probably not until next year on some major way. So we probably have college students going home for the holidays with all kinds of pent up energy and frustration 
and do they get infected and bring that back to the schools and can, can the schools stamp it out during flu season? Yeah, and I, I know a number of Big Ten schools, for instance, to move the beginning of their um, they started school earlier so that to avoid this problem entirely. So school's over by the time Thanksgiving rolls around. But, you know, obviously that didn't happen here. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's one other thing now to be concerned about. We've, we've seen what two weekends of college football right now. We saw the footage out of Florida state university where lots of people actually did go to the game in the stadium. And there was a lot of kids without t-shirts on clustered together, not wearing masks. <sighs> You know, it happened in other places over the weekend. One of the uh, coaches, at, in fact, at Florida State, uh, tested positive for COVID. So there is an understandable need and desire by the public to get back out and to re-socialize. I feel that need. I need to get out of this apartment. <laughs> um, but can we do it safely? How are we going to do it in a way that we don't have another big resurgence? I think a lot of people have learned, but, you know, I was at UTC Late yesterday, it was the first time I've seen it crowded in a long time. And my wife and I felt a little bit awkward being there because we hadn't been in large crowds for six months. Um, so I think that, you know, it's going to have an emotional impact on some people and maybe make some people jittery, whereas others will embrace it. And maybe that embracing of it is going to lead to more infections. I mean, this is such a hard thing. We are social creatures. We're going into the holidays. We need to be with each other. We've had nothing but bad news for six months. We're in the middle of a very toxic presidential election. We need some type of emotional relief. We need the economy to, to restabilize. So controlling people's behavior right now is very, very tough. Mm-hmm. And also there has been a significant pushback against this Return to Learn program. Can you explain the letter that more than 600 people have signed? Oh, at UC San Diego, yeah, more than 600 did. A lot of the people that uh, signed it were faculty, and some very, very prominent faculty. Uh, A lot of graduate students, a lot of students, a lot of alumni. What they said was, hold on, don't bring anybody back to campus. Just take the bullet, so to speak. Take, you know, take, do the hard part right now and don't bring anybody back to campus because they don't want the faculty there being exposed to people during in-person classes. They don't want students exposed to each other in dormitories. And the people that wrote this letter were concerned that the university wasn't ready to handle this. Some of the people that wrote the, uh, the letter also said that they had a lot of problems with the university itself. They weren't trusting the university's willingness to be very frank and forthcoming about it. I brought this uh, issue up with Chip School last week and said some of your own faculty are saying they're not really trusting you to be transparent and to get data up on the dashboard right away. The university has conceded that they haven't done a great job on that yet, but they say they're about to. So we'll see if that changes hearts and minds. But this was a large petition reflecting the feelings of a lot of people. So I understand the reasons why UC San Diego is trying to do this, and there are some good reasons, uh, but at the same time, there are a lot of people that are opposed to it. Certainly. It's a hard uh, thing to balance. And UC San Diego being the research hub that it is, it makes sense they want to find a way to science their way out of it. But you can't science your way out of human nature. And that's something, Daniel, that has come up in every single conversation I've had on this. That, you know, if it goes, if it involves a university, it involves the behavior of students. Um, and so far, most schools in, in the United States 
haven't cracked that nut. And now we have this situation in San Diego where people are turning their attention at a beloved university, San Diego State University. People love that university. It is the hometown school. You drive around this county and there are flags everywhere and t-shirts everywhere. But there are a lot of people that are very angry now with the campus, feeling like that it has not been a good neighbor. So, you know, we're going to see here in these next few weeks whether whether San Diego State turns things around. Mm -hmm. All right. Gary Robbins, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. For the first time since 2006, the San Diego Padres will be having a postseason. On our UT Padres podcast, Hot Lava, hear Kevin Acey and Jay Posner provide news and analysis of this groundbreaking team. Look for it wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is made possible by subscribers to the San Diego Union Tribune. As we live through this momentous time in history, the truth and facts matter. If you are not yet a subscriber, please go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.